Express enough how excited I am for this episode. Uh, game three was a wild one last night. Such a you know a great game overall to me just to watch. Uh, you know Boston ended up coming out on top at the Garden, one sixteen to a hundred. And th- this Celtics team is is getting more and more dangerous. I mean, I'm glad that they have shown up in the way. That they did because I, I won't lie I did have my doubts before this series started I wasn't sure that they would be able to keep up with the Warriors in terms of you know offensively uh, you know just I thought the Warriors just had too many weapons and to be honest Boston it, it's it's turning out to be the other way around not that Golden State doesn't have weapons they're obviously one of the deepest teams you know in the league and that's why they're in the position that they are today that's why they've been one of the best dynasties in the NBA for, you know, the past, since 2015. So, w- with that said, though, I, I mean, this this Boston team is scary. And I love, it, it was a complete team win yesterday. You can go around and every guy that played for the Celtics was able to give them, you know, some, some great minutes. Uh, I'll start with Jason Tatum. W- what a game, you know, 26 points. Nine assists yesterday, that, that's something that I, I've touched on before. When Tatum is able to control the game as a playmaker, Boston is, that, that's when they're really the most dangerous to me because, you know, you, you, he can go off whenever he wants and, and have, you know, 40, 50-point games, whatever. But to be able to have not only the nine assists, but the – the most telling stat about the game yesterday was that he only had two turnovers. Two turnovers for him is massive because anytime he starts getting to that like four or five or anything over that, that's usually when Boston's at their worst. And, you know, I, I saw a pretty awesome stat last night that when he has more assistant turnovers, Boston is 6-0 and in this playoffs. Um, and obviously – Vice versa, when he has more turnovers than assists, they're 0-4 in their last, you know, 10 games or so. So when he's able to control the game in that manner, it's it's impossible to compete with them. Even, you know, for the Warriors, we've seen he's giving them some serious problems. Um, you know, with the way that he's been able to get to the rack. And really, yesterday I thought he did a great job of exploiting his matchups. Um, you know, I, I know it wasn't the most efficient game he was 9 of 23 39% from the field but those nine buckets were huge buckets they were they were buckets that you know he was picking and choosing his spots and there there was basically nothing you could do about all 26 of the points that he had yesterday there you know two different times where I really think he controlled the game were the, the first being in the second quarter when he went on that you know eight point run by himself and almost had Probably one of the best. If Jalen Brown made that dunk yesterday, that would have been one of the best like single-handed runs from a player 
in the finals in a long time. I know we've seen some pretty crazy stuff, but in terms of just a run and a player dominating the game like that, I mean, you would have had eight points, a steal, and one of the craziest lobs that we've seen in a long time. In our, dare I go to say as ever, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of finals history that I would have to unpack there to, to really make that claim, but... You know, that, that was the first point in the game where I was like, oh, wow. So Tatum is, you know, because he had struggled up to that point as well, started to get going. Boom, fast forward, we get to the fourth quarter. And throughout the entire second half, I, I really liked what I saw from him. I thought he was a lot more consistent, um, <clears throat> you know, didn't really force a ton. And, you know, he had some big threes, a couple of big threes, but also just the way that he was able to create for other guys. Uh, he also had the, the nice, you know, pull-up. Pull-up jumper when it was, I believe, 91-98 to put them up by nine. Uh, he, you know, when, when he's in that zone, he he's unstoppable. And, you know, I'll move on. I'll move on from Tatum into Jalen Brown because they really just go hand-in-hand. Hand and they, they work so perfectly together. You know, Brown is always able to get off to these hot starts. I mean, he had 17 in the first quarter yesterday. And... At this point, I feel like that's that's not irregular to see from Jalen Brown. I feel like we, not necessarily that we expect that, but it's surprising no one at this point. Um, you know, he, he's showing that, as I said, he can be a superstar in this league. He, you know, I think they work perfectly together. I think he's, he, he now has, you know, now he's been able to show what he's capable of on this big of a stage as the NBA Finals, I think he's showing that he is one of the best number twos in the league. I'm not saying the best. You know, we can have that conversation, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of guys that have an argument for the best number two in the league. I mean, <laughs> you can go down the list of guys, and I won't do that now, but he is right there with the rest of them. I mean, in, in the finals right now, I believe he's averaging 22, 6, and 4, or 4.5 assists. Um, you know, he, he's shown that he is built for this, that he's ready to be on this stage and ready to, you know, compete at the highest level to go win an NBA championship. And, you know, he, he kind of fizzled out in the second half. He has a tendency to kind of do that. He, he's done that throughout the playoffs at times. And, you know, throughout this series, I think he's really done that. But that it honestly doesn't scare me too much because, I feel like the second half has kind of been where Tatum is able to shine. It's where he's able to control the game. And, you know, they've gotten these big performances from guys like Marcus Smart, from guys like Al Horford, you know, Rob Williams, Derek White, Grant Williams. You, you can go down the line. Everyone had phenomenal games yesterday. And, and let's the last guy that I'll really go super in-depth with is, is going to be Marcus Smart because let's, let's give him his flowers as, as he deserves. I mean, 26, 7, and 5 last night. Um, when Marcus Smart is playing at this level, no one can beat Boston. Um, because he, when he gives you that kind of production at the offensive end, but also is able to, you know, go and guard Steph Curry on a, you know, and it's not necessarily every time down, but he has played some pretty great defense on Steph. Yesterday, in 27 possessions, he gave up zero points, and Steph only shot the ball four times. Um, and throughout the series so far, Steph only has 12 points when he's being guarded by Smart, and he has four turnovers. So, I mean, that, that's exactly 
why he won Defensive Player of the Year. That's that's exactly what you want from him. And I don't know how much more you can really ask. Um, you know, Tatum, Brown, and Smart giving you twenty five and five as as you know <laughs> from each of them. Those are historic numbers. I mean, the the last trio to put up that you know I'm sure everyone saw the stat was Magic Johnson, Kareem, and Michael Cooper in 1984. Um, when when you're talking about guys like that and stats like that, that that's when you know you've really made it and you're you know you're you're in great historic type company. I mean 1984. These are things that, you know, when you look at someone like me or just, you know, other younger people, you know, other younger fans and younger members of the media, like, none of us really watched. I mean, 1984 was 18 years before I was born. So I was never able to even see those guys. And to see the this team and, you know, the development kind of come to fruition and seeing them able to put up those kinds of stats and play the way that they have been, throughout this finals, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm scared for Golden State because I know what they're capable of. I'm, you know, we've seen it from them time and time again, and and we're not going to overreact. We're not going to overreact to this because we just saw what happened in game two, but man, I mean, Boston is just, it just seems like they're getting better and better and they're only maturing. They're only, you know, growing as a team and you see it in the development of each guy. As, as each game goes on. So I know I said that Rob Will was going to be the last guy, but I, I also have to show Rob Will some love. Um, defensively, he is just such a problem. I mean, you get eight points, 10 boards, four blocks, four huge blocks. I mean, they are emphatic type blocks. One of them, he, I mean, he sent it into like the second row or something like that. He, the, the impact that he's able to have defensively you know, I also saw another stat where, you know, throughout the playoffs, the Warriors have been able to put up, you know, they're shooting over around 45% in each series other than, you know, this one in the paint. Um, or, or they're averaging, excuse me, not, not field goal percentage, but they're averaging around 45 points in each series, you know, in the paint. And now they're only averaging 30 against the Celtics. Yesterday they got outscored 52-26. to 26. Boston doubled their score in the paint. Um, and, and that's the recipe for it, – it's weird to say because, you know, the Warriors are such a great shooting team, but that that kind of has been Boston's recipe for success, getting to the rack and, you know, being able to to just finish over guys using their length uh, on, on Golden State. So Rob Will, his impact defensively, it doesn't always even show up in – the stat sheet, I'm glad it got to yesterday. He was able to have four blocks. He also had three steals, which is awesome from, I mean, you'd love to see that from your big guy. But the craziest part is he's playing hurt too. This, you know, I, I feel like he's still not necessarily at 100%. There's times you see he gets kind of tired on the floor or times when, you know, he, you can tell he's kind of limping a little bit or not, moving more gingerly than we're used to seeing from him. But, Man, I mean, I had to show show Rob Wilson love after that game last night. And, you know, let's move to the flip side of the Warriors. And I honestly, I don't really know. I'm not going to say I don't know what more they can do because when you see, you know, Draymond gives you two, two points, four rebounds, three assists, you definitely expect 
more from a guy like that. A guy who who will be a Hall of Famer one day. And and a guy who so you know who proclaims that he is a Hall of Famer. He'll let you know about it. Um you, you can't, you know, I, the quote to Grant Williams it, during the last game he said, you know, like like you want to be me, but you're not. You you can't say that and I'm I'm not even gonna lie, I totally stole stole this from Twitter just because I thought it was funny, but you can't say that and then put up two points, four rebounds, three assists. Isaiah Thomas said it best last night after the game. Those are numbers that Draymond was probably putting up in grade school. Like, uh, you, you, when you're on the biggest stage of the NBA Finals and you consider yourself a Hall of Famer and a great player as he does, I need more. I need to see more. Um, that, that's unacceptable. And, you know, Draymond holds himself to a higher standard. Um, I, I'm... I'm interested to see how, how he will respond uh, in game four because it, it seems, you know, I know his role is get the ball to Stephen Clay or get, get the ball to shooters rather, you know, as we've seen the emergence of Jordan Poole. And, and, and Draymond is, is a great facilitator. No one is, you know, disputing that. He, he is a Hall of Famer for a reason. But I, I'm very interested to see how he's going to choose to, you know, lock in and you know, he, he's going to have to bounce back because if he plays another game like this, and, and this isn't, you know, I haven't even mentioned, he fouled out yesterday. Um, you know, I'm sure all of you guys obviously watched the game and saw that, but but he's he's really going to have to step it up if if Golden State's going to want a shot in this series, especially, you know, they, Clay was able to get back on track yesterday, which if you're a Warriors fan, that's obviously a great sign. 25 points last night. Uh, you know, he made five threes. That that's exactly, maybe not exactly what you wanted to see. I mean, you, you you'd always love to see more and whatnot. But that that's the kind of response that you needed to see out of Clay after his first two games in this series, and especially you know he still has another level to tap into. I think I still think we can see Clay go nuclear. I mean, he was only seven of seventeen yesterday, forty one percent from the field. He can still get it to another level and. You know, they're, they're, they need him. They're going to need Jordan Poole. I mean, you know, Andrew Wiggins, I actually think, has been, has given them some great minutes. You know, yesterday, especially in the first half yesterday, I thought he, you know, he had a couple a couple of dunks, uh, great defense, a couple of steals in the first half. Uh, I, I really like the minutes that he's been able to give them in, you know, give them in this finals. But, you know, especially, yeah, like I said, Pool, you're gonna need more minutes from. I'd like to see Steve Kerr play some of these younger guys. I, you know, I don't really know what adjustments he's gonna make because, you know, Pool played what, 24, 24 minutes yesterday. Gary Payton played eleven, played eleven minutes yesterday, and the only other guy off the bench that really got any run was Otto Porter. He played twenty one. Another guy who I think has given them some pretty great minutes so far, but. I mean, what do you do? The guys just have to play better. And what's crazy is I don't even know if, at, at this point, it's really just about who who wants it more, who's who's better is best in a sense. And and it changes every game. You know, it changes all the time. It's just you know we'll, we'll see what happens in the moment. We'll see what happens in game four. Um, which man, I, I'm so happy for the quick turnaround. Uh, you know, we, we have game four Friday night, which is great recording this on Thursday. So you, you guys know there'll be another episode this weekend, but yeah, I mean, 
I gotta see, I gotta see more from the Warriors. Gotta see how they respond. And another thing I'm gonna touch on with with Golden State is, you know, the interaction with the Boston fans that we've kind of seen. And everybody knows that Boston, you know, Boston fans are diehards, and that's for any sport. You know, the NBA, Patriots fans. You can go to hockey, Bruins fans, Red Sox fans. I mean, they, they are they're they're a diehard city for their teams. But you know, the Warriors kind of the classy comments that you see from Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr mentioned it a little bit, like, yeah, yeah, super classy Boston and, and whatnot. And Draymond talked about, you know, the expletives and things that have been spat at him and, you know, said to him during at least game three last night. But I, I mean, if you're, it's the NBA finals, I'm not going to lie. I really do think that this is the time when you really got to hone in. Um, and, and you got to expect that from, from a fan base and an organization, maybe not an organization. I don't want to, you know, say that necessarily about the Celtics, but that their fan base is known that we know about Boston's fan base for a reason. So you, you have to know that going into the Garden. It's one of the toughest places to play in the NBA because of their fans. And, you know, I, I think you have, you have to expect that when you're as great of a team as Golden State, when you've played at this level for as long as these guys have. Um, I, I don't really think that's an excuse. Um, you know, and, and that's not something that I would really – personally, I wouldn't have said anything about the crowd after Game 3 because – Knowing Boston fans, they're only going to come with more heat in Game Four, uh, and that's just going to, you know, it, it's going to juice up the Celtics. And 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 we'll see. As I said, we'll see how Game Four unfolds. I, I you know can't wait for it to get here. But to go after and, and I, I want to touch on Draymond specifically before I before I move off of the game. But when you're a player like Draymond and you're as polarizing and as controversial as he is I really don't think that you can you can't use the crowd as an excuse because you have to expect that I mean you have to know that opposing fans are that they, they don't love you they don't love you I mean it, Draymond's one of those guys where it's like I love if you're on my team but if he's playing against you you're like oh I, I can't stand going against this guy every night so, you know, and I, it, it, it's just a situation where I think they, the Warriors kind of got to, you, you just have to deal with it. You got to move on. And, you know, especially right now because you're, you're on the ropes. I mean, I hate using the term must win because every game is a must win, especially when you're at this level of the finals, like I, or just this level in general, like you want to win every game. No one goes out to lose. Um, you know, if, if you're a competitor, <laughs> so, but they have to win this game. I mean, if you're going down, if you're even going back to the Bay being down three, one, no one ever wants to be down three, one. I mean, the only team that has ever done it in finals history, shout out to the Cavs, have to shout them out whenever I can, but there's only one team that's done it and they have arguably, you know, the greatest player of all time, um, you know, in LeBron James, but it's time. The time is now. They're going to have to, you know, Steph is hopefully, you know, he said today that he's going to play. Today is Thursday, uh, just by the way. But 
He said today that he's going to come and play tomorrow. Um, I mean, yesterday, another phenomenal performance from him. 31 points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, you can't ask for – I mean, what more can he really give you? I know he can give you more assists, but if you're just, just the eye test and just watching the game, he's doing a lot right now. The Celtics are – they're making him work hard uh, for each bucket. Well, they are making him work hard, but I will say this. I would like to see Boston give him more problems in the pick and roll because their pick and roll defense on him hasn't been great. Uh, I feel like he's gotten a lot of open looks you know, in the mid-range, a lot of open threes. Um and Boston, like, guys just aren't hedging. Guys aren't, you know, fighting as hard as they can through screens. And as a guard, I know it getting screened sucks. Fighting through a screen, especially when you're having to get through guys like Kavon Looney, uh, Draymond. I mean, it, it, that is that's brutal. But you, you got to find a way to get a hand up. There, there's just too many open looks for the greatest shooter of all time. I mean... You can't give him any space at all, and I would definitely like to see more hedging from, you know, I know he's hurt, but Rob Will, you, you got to hedge a little bit and give give guys like Derek White and, and Marcus Smart for as great of a job as he's done. You got to give them some time to recover. Um, I, I would rather live with, from, from the Celtics' perspective, I'd rather live with him kicking that back out to Draymond or, you know, Kevon Looney or, or whoever setting the screen than to give him an open look at the pace that he is he's on right now. I mean, he's he's averaging over a 30 a game. Um, he, he's, he's just in a zone that we haven't seen from... Not, not that we haven't seen from Steph in a while, because he's, you know, I, I really don't think his play has fallen off in the past, I mean, since he burst onto the scene in the league. But, you know, th- this, is, this is an unreal pace that he's on right now they're, they're gonna have to throw different looks at him throw more things at him um because if you keep letting him go at this rate you know just wait till clay gets going and just wait till draymond actually starts kind of putting together better games and that's you know we haven't talked about jordan Poole and all their like i said they're, they're one of the deepest teams in the nba for a reason they've got guys up and down the bench that can come in and play and you know give you buckets so you know, I, I would like to see better defense in the pick and roll from them. But other than that, I think their one-on-one defense has been solid. It's as good as you can really get for a score of that caliber. So um, we'll, we'll see how they react in game four. But also, then this is, I promise, is the last thing about the game until, you know, until game four, until next time. But... You know, getting back to what can the Warriors really do to to close the gap? They, they, they've got to get more from Jordan Poole. I, you know, he didn't have the worst game yesterday. He was four away from the field, only 10 points. Um, but a guy that we see, we, we've kind of seen emerge on the scene throughout this playoffs. Um, you know, the past two series, he's kind of disappeared. We didn't see a whole lot from him. In the Mavs game, we haven't seen, you know, game two, he was obviously ridiculous, but most of those minutes were kind of when the game was already in hand. It was during that big, you know, the end, the latter end of that Warriors third quarter run. And last night, I didn't really feel like he had a true impact on the game. The only real, 
you know, he, he had a couple of nice buckets in that third quarter, I won't lie. He had a, a great transition three to kind of – that was the second, actually. He had a great transition three to respond to Jason Tatum's little uh, eight-point run. And he had a real smooth, like – I love the move as a guard, like – um, especially someone that grew up watching Steve Nash, you know, it's a little run around in circles around the big. And then, you know, when he was able to kind of fake it out, come back to the same side and, and have a beautiful layup that, that was, that was a pretty move. And I just, you know, I will definitely take the time to shout that out just because I can. Um, but you know, other than that, he hasn't had a true impact, a true footprint, I should say, um, on any of these games. So you know, I, I like I said earlier, I'd like to see some of these younger guys get in. I want to see more. I want to see more uh, Jonathan Kuminga. You know, he's only been able to play in garbage time in this series. Even Moses Moody. Um, I mean, th- these are the guys that Golden State. We talk about how they're still kind of built for the future. How they're still gonna. We know they're gonna be good. You know, next year and for years to come, as long as these guys, you know, they can develop them, and they're one of the best organizations in the league at developing guys. So I, you know, there's no, I don't think anybody has, I don't think anyone has too many doubts about that, but I I mean, when are we going to see them? This is, this is the time when you're kind of in that desperation mode. Like if, if the Warriors are down and it's, it's hard to say because they're so good at coming back, but if they're down, you know, double digits in say the second quarter or the third quarter, I, I would like to see Steve Kerr kind of put those guys in and maybe just, just see what they're about. Uh, you know, see if they can spark something new for these guys. Um, I also, you know, I'm not going to touch on this too much just because it's not, I don't, I don't think he's the difference necessarily in the series, but we saw, you know, Nemanja Bialica come in in game two and give them some good minutes, uh, you know, defending against Jason Tatum and, you know, hitting a couple shots. He played three minutes and 27 seconds yesterday. <laughs> And missed one shot. And, you know, all of those, that, that all came in garbage time. So why, you know, and I, I'm not here to question Steve Curry. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA, you know, for a reason. And has been since he got to this league. But, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how the Warriors will respond. I think that's going to be a huge, huge emphasis in Game 4. Um, we'll, you know, I'll definitely... Get back on, and we'll definitely be talking about it. So, but for right now, I will close that chapter on the game. Um, I expect, it, prediction wise, I'm actually gonna say. Well, I should say that the Warriors will win to keep my original prediction of Warriors in six intact. But I mean, I've, I've told you guys I want Boston, and you know, you, you know, I want them to win this series. So I would like to, if, if they come out, I'm gonna predict that Boston's gonna win Game Four. I'm gonna predict that it's gonna be close. Golden State's going to throw everything they have at them. But, you know, we're we're going to see, like, a big play late from, let's say, Marcus Smart. Let, let's say Marcus Smart. Uh, I, I, you know, when he's playing at this kind of level, as I touched on earlier, Celtics are they're impossible to beat. So there is my Game 4 prediction, and we will close the book on that chapter for right now. Now, before <clears throat> before I go, we definitely get, you know, you know what time it is. We got to get into some WNBA action. And whew, I I can't I can't let it slide that Sabrina Ionescu had one of the best basketball stat lines. I mean, arguably 
in you know from an efficiency standpoint in the history of basketball. Um, you know, twenty six points, eight rebounds, eight assists on ten of eleven shooting. That, that that's almost ninety one percent. And she only played twenty six minutes. So, I mean, this this is something that you know we we knew Sabrina coming in you know or coming out of college from Oregon. She was the women's player of the year for a reason. And, you know, she unfortunately got hurt kind of her rookie year. Uh, you know, last year wasn't as, you know, it was still had a great year last year. I mean, in terms, she didn't have the same production that we're seeing now from her scoring-wise, but still was able to go on an average six assists, uh, you know, four or five rebounds. So, so, she showed that she is a hooper, but now, I mean, she's bringing it to an even different level um, this season. 17, 5, and 5 on 46.5% shooting. Uh, her true shooting percentage is around 60%. Um, and, you know, going back to the game that she had, she's the first player ever in WNBA history to have at least 25 points, 8 and 8, on 90 or over 90% shooting. I mean, that, that's... And the shots that she were, she was hitting weren't, you know, just casual shots. It's not like she was getting open looks. Um, you know, the Liberty, Liberty haven't had the best season, you know, so far. They're, you know, they're sitting at four and eight in the standings right now. Um, even though the WNBA is still wide open. We're only, I believe, you know, the other day was the, we're officially a third of the way through the season. But going into, you know, a game against New York, teams know that, we have to stop Sabrina. You can't, you can't let her, you know, go off. She is the number one option on this team. And to see her kind of do the same, you know, kind of similar numbers that she's had, that she had at Oregon when she won Women's Player of the Year, I mean, I mean, she is scary. And it's a part of the reason why I, today, went out, voted for, you know, I did my first cast of voting for the WNBA All-Star Game. Should have done it earlier. If you guys haven't, make sure you get out there. Go and vote for, you know, your 10 best players. Four, you can pick from up to four backcourt players and then six frontcourt starters. Um, so I'll actually, I'll read off my my little ballot in a second. But she she absolutely deserves to be an all-star right now. Like, like I said, 17, 5, and 5 on, you know, at the efficient rate that she's doing. She absolutely deserves you know, her spot in this game. And, um, you know, I, I got her with the other guards, Jackie Young. I believe Jackie Young deserves to be an all-star this year. Kelsey Plum, I voted for. And also the the gold mamba, Jewel Lloyd. I mean, she is having a phenomenal season. Just had a great game the other night. She had, you know, 26-7-3 and three against the Atlanta Dream in, in a 12-point victory for the Storm. So, you know, I mean, she, she's the gold mamba for a reason. And hopefully those, you know, they'll be able to get in. It's also such a hard year to to vote, you know. Um, I kind of wish it was five and five. You could go five frontcourt players and five backcourt players. I definitely wanted to vote, you know, Arike in there. Uh, she's obviously doing her thing for the wings, as she has since she came out of Notre Dame. Also, Kelsey Mitchell, got to show Ohio State some love. Um, and I, you know. I'll probably be switching up my voting as we get closer and closer uh, to the deadline. But I guess I'll get into the front court here real quick, too. Uh, Sylvia Fowles. I mean, to do what she's doing at this age uh, for the Lynx. I mean, she 
I think it would be criminal for her not to be a starter in this game or to not make the game. Uh, you know, Brianna Stewart <clears throat> been doing this since she got to the Seattle from UConn. I mean, we, we expect this from her at this point. Uh, leading the league in scoring right now, 20 points per game. A- everything that she, she gives you. I mean, she's the reason why Seattle will be, you know, <laughs> they, they will be a playoff team. There's no, no one is, is disputing that at all. Uh, I also voted for Alyssa Thomas, who I think is having a great year with the Connecticut Sun. Uh, John Paul Jones, another member of the Sun who, you know, reigning MVP, uh, doing her thing again this year. She can beat you inside and outside. I, I love watching her play, and it's it's exciting to watch the Sun and their front court play. I they, they've really I've started to pay more attention to to them. You know, tune into their games a little bit more, and I, I can't wait to see. You know, they, they've got a game tomorrow <clears throat> against the Sky. Commissioner's Cup game, so make sure you guys are locked in. I believe that game is actually going to be on Twitter, so um, hopefully I'm right. If not, I'll double check, try and get you know get that information out there. But that that is a huge game tomorrow. Two teams that are you know similar in the standings right now. It's it's going to be huge. I know Chicago is leading the Commissioner's Cup standings at five and zero. The Sun aren't far behind. They're three and two. So this would be a huge game for them to kind of close the gap. Um, at, you know, like I said, a third of the way through the season. So we're, we're getting close to that halfway point, getting closer to all-star break. Um, it, it now is the time if they're going to make the push because um, the, the sky could really solidify solidify this game or solidify their hold on first in, in the Eastern Conference if they win this game tomorrow night. Um, and speaking of the sky, let me also get back to, you know, Candace Parker voted for her today. You know, you got to show love. It's in Chicago. Candace Parker is one of the greats. I mean, we, we have to show love and give credit where credit is due, especially when you consider she's been doing this for, for 15 years and, you know, has been playing at this high of a level. So I would love to – and, you know, she said that this could be her last season. So I would definitely love to see Candace Parker kind of go out on top like that. And to round it out, my last two votes went to Naka Ogumukwe. And also, I mean, you know I had to show the Aces front court some love. You know I had to put Asia Wilson up in there. So, you know – Hopefully, we'll see how that goes as we continue to get closer. Um, if you haven't, make sure you go and vote. This isn't even promo. Like, no, this is free promo. Like, um, you know, it's open until June 20th. The All-Star game is July 10th. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is as competitive of a year as we've ever seen in the WNBA. So make sure you go and, you know, get out there. Go vote for your favorite players. So, I'll also, you know, Commissioner's Cup action for this weekend. As I said, the Sky and the Sun is going to be a huge game. The Storm uh, are traveling to Dallas to take on the Wings. Um, you know, they lost. Or the Wings took the first of the two games earlier in this year. Um, and this is going to be a huge game standings-wise. You know, maybe not as big for the Commissioner's Cup. The Storm haven't really, you know, performed in that department as they're sitting at 2-4. and four. And, you know, Dallas is 3-2. and two. They... Second, right now, I really don't think anyone's catching the Aces in the Western Conference. Um, you know, I, I've talked about them before and how I really do believe they're the best team in the West this year. Uh, but, you know, that, that's an interesting game because they're both sitting at 6-5 and five also. And as we get later into the season, you know, these are two teams that are very similar in standing. Where it, It'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if this means something later on down the line. Um, Dallas has... You know, I, 
they're kind of struggling to find their footing. I mean, six and five. Both teams are six and five right now. Um, but this this could be one of those games that kind of kickstarts your season. You know, I think either of these teams could use it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the outcome tomorrow night. So, last game for Commissioner's Cup tomorrow is the the Liberty are actually taking on the Fever. Um, interested to see how Sabrina will follow up her her masterpiece that she delivered you know, earlier this week, but there, there's plenty of things to be excited about in the WNBA white or the, the WNBA right now. And just, just make sure you guys are tapped in because you know, it, it's, it's about to get real, real exciting. So with that said, that is all I got for you guys today. Uh, you have been listening to, Oh, whoa, 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 my bad, my bad. Make sure you're taking care of your mental health, you know, make sure you show yourself some love and be kind to others, you know, Everyone deserves love. So now with that said, you have been listening to the Fast Break with C. Blake, and I can't wait to see you guys after game four.